Hello, magical creatures, and welcome back to Around the Cauldron. I'm your host, Zachariah the Witch, and today I am joined by a friend and special guest who I have known in the paranormal world for, I think, three years, two years, two years. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tammy Meherb Chavez from Hollyweird Paranormal. Hello. Hi. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Thank you so much. Feeling a little cold and uh, a little damp. It's been storming here in California. <laughs> it's been a really... Really fucking weird weather, not going to lie. Uh -huh. um, yeah. By the way, we can cuss on my show because whatever. Yes. So <laughs> let it all out. Fucking right. Um, <laughs> so I reached out to you because, um, you know, Around the Cauldron is just, it's just conversation between people either from similar backgrounds or different backgrounds. And a lot of the time I get people asking me questions, random questions. And other times it's very specific to psychic stuff or tarot readings. Mm -hmm. But the most common stuff that I'll see on Reddit and or on Quora on other forums online have a lot to do with ghosts and the paranormal. And I thought, who would be better to have on the show than you? Because, I mean, if people tune into your podcast, they're going to know that you're into true crime. You're into ghosts and paranormal stories. You've worked with... Um, I mean, just tell people about what you're doing now. What is it called? The Paranormal Network or My Paranormal Network? Yes. So I'm currently um, working, uh, still working with Hollywood Paranormal Podcasts, which is me and Bryce's baby, my co-host Bryce Mitchell Williams. And then I was signed on to do uh, a project with My Paranormal My Paranormal Network when they heard about uh, my series of Chasing Ghosts. So they're trying to figure out what to do with that and what to do with me. And it's it's a lot of planning and uh, prepping and, you know, until we get it right, that we can start putting a lot of, uh, I guess, audio and video out there of me. But that is pretty much what I've been doing. And also being able to audition for shows with the Travel Channel. And mm. um, I have this very unique uh, appearance on a Fox network, a Christmas um, special that they <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to think about this right now, but they needed a paranormal expert to come in and talk about how haunted Christmas is. Christmas is considered mm -hmm. to be one of the most haunted holidays aside from October, and it is. Mm -hmm. And um, they wanted me to come on and talk about that. And I thought, oh, it's this is real, this is professional, this is gonna we're gonna be talking about ghost stories during Christmas. And it was completely almost opposite. It was almost like a romp. They wanted to me to dissect more if santa claus is real could he possibly be an alien and so on and so forth what <laughs> you turn it to something completely different and that is reality tv for you folks so oh make God. sure you ask for the questions beforehand and you get everything in paper because yeah that was a doozy for me <laughs> Jeez. well i guess i'm doing something right on this show that's why i copy and paste what the questions are going to be before we start <laughs> Right, but you live and you learn. <laughs> so, oh my god. Yeah, that's it was so weird. weird. It was weird. Yeah, on the last thing. on the last podcast, Michelle Halloween and I, I told her a little tidbit that I learned uh, learning about this time of the year and how the idea of gift giving actually came from the practice of, hey, I'm your neighbor, please don't kill me. <laughs> so <laughs> So there's um there's some really dark origins to a lot of the stuff that happens around Yule, especially during the Germanic period of Vikings and the Norse people. It's just like, oh, what's yeah. going on? But oh, yeah. getting into it a little bit, you know, this episode is about ghosts. It's about 
those Christmas spirits. Um, mm -hmm. I don't want to talk about Krampus. I feel like every goth talks about Krampus this time of the year. And I'm just I like, get <laughs> we get it. He's dark and brooding and he eats children. It's fine. Because um, mm -hmm. fuck kids. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I love talking about ghosts and spirits. Um, Me too. And, I mean, they're one in the same, but I guess there are some differences here. I mean, a spirit could be a nameless, faceless being, whereas a ghost could be a person that has died and has mm -hmm. returned. Um, that being said, there's some questions that I found on Reddit that made me raise an eyebrow. And I just wanted your expertise because I've done investigations with you or we've worked in tandem at places like the Haunted Harris Estate and, mm -hmm. you know, and things like that. So... Here's, are you ready for our first question? Oh, absolutely. Shoot. Okay. <laughs> this one comes from Reddit uh, from a user that asks, my question to you guys is, can houses or buildings harbor negative energy? And if so, can that energy then be manipulated into a demonic possession? Oh, everything has to be a demon. Why does everything have to be I know. a like, what demon? Is, what is the deal with that? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. I don't think it could be manipulated into a demonic energy. I believe that there is energy that can be created. Obviously, we know energy is created and it's hard to destroy. It can never be destroyed. I feel like, take for example, I'm just going to use this. Oh, my God. As I walk into this, um, take, for example, the Cecil Hotel. Okay. Um, a lot of people believe that there's a demon in there that, you know, it harbors a lot of negative energy because of that. And I don't think it's there's a demon. I just think that the hotel has absorbed and witnessed so much horrendous crime and murder and um, negativity that it has possibly attracted something dark in there. Mm -hmm. Is it demonic? I don't think so unless we have a full body apparition or something that is visually documented to prove it. But unless mm -hmm. we have that proof, we can't say that it's demonic. Not everything mm -hmm. in the paranormal is demonic. I think because we fear the things that we can't see and we fear the things that we don't understand. Everything is pan to evil. Mm -hmm. My question, my answer all in all in unison is no, I don't think it, it is, can be manipulated into a demonic possession. You need a demon to be possessed. And in, I guess the four or five years I've been investigating, I've not once had, you know, experienced a demonic presence or possession. Mm -hmm. Well, also too, you know, you mentioned the Cecil, but then even reading this question, I just thought of Hollywood. I thought oh, of how yes, every absolutely. movie it starts as there's a haunted object or there's mm -hmm. a haunted house. And then there's like the daughter or the young son is the only person that sees the spirit or oh, we yeah. later find out the demon. And then <laughs> the mom or the kid becomes possessed. And then it turns into this whole showdown between whoever's there to show down with this, have this face off. And it's like, you guys stop. Like, that's not every, every haunting and every paranormal situation. I mean, paranormal also means outside of the realm of possibility or anything yeah. that we can perceive with our five senses. So when we say paranormal, just because something is unexplainable, it doesn't necessarily mean it's always going to be a ghost. It could be anything that's not defined by science yet. It could be anything that's exactly. outside of that scope. So it could be my us. answer, it could be us projecting some shit. Absolutely. Um, but my, my answer is like, no, it also like rethink your question. Cause it's, it's like, do you, are, did you read what you typed? Cause <laughs> 
I really, I think people have selective hearing. I, you know, when the, what is it? Uh, when the exorcist came out, yeah. everybody, it, it was like this, you know, demon panic. And then when ghost adventures came out and everything was a demon, you know, then people ran with the, with the narrative that everything that scratches or tries to get one's attention is a demon. Everything's a, a child ghost is a demon. Well, so it's, and that's why we now have grown ass men running through dark tunnels at night, screaming at things that aren't there. And that's the, that's the norm for all these TV shows now. And it's absolutely. like, when I think of people like you, when I think of people like me or my friend, Linda, the ghost hunter, I'm mm-hmm. like, it makes us look silly because people really then does. people then try to lump us into that category as if that's what we're going to be or do, or that's the personality that we're going to have on camera. And it's like, no. <laughs> and it's really sad too, because that's what producers want on camera. I mean, you and I know that best. Yeah. They oh, want, trust me. Yeah. They want the demon storyline aspect. And yep. I know we've been a part of auditions where they want, they were trying to drag something out of us. Where, Pulling well, it so hard. Would you consider it to be evil or demon? It's like, no. Do you think you could get a demon story or do you know a demonologist? Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. Please stop. <laughs> so that goes yeah. to our next question. Mm-hmm. I'm going to skip to three and then we'll, we'll go back to two. Okay. Is it ghost hunter or paranormal investigator? Is there, Do you have a preference or is there one that we should be calling people or should be called ourselves? I've heard so many narratives and, you know, my narrative constantly changes. I could see it a little more where I, I agree with several of the professionals that I've met with. This one narrative is ghost hunting is for those who are... Um, more like thrill seekers they believe that there's something out there but they don't go beyond the legend they go after the legend and it's more to justify or capture something in camera for themselves where a paranormal investigator is there to debunk and uses a lot of logic we Mm -hmm. go beyond the legend of a haunting Mm -hmm. we go and seek past the labels of what people claim they've experienced Mm -hmm. for example oh it was a demon in that house no, it's not. It could, it could, what is it? What could it be? It could it be you had a gas leak and now you're hallucinating things like that. Could it be, you know, the universe experiencing itself? Could it be you creating the chaos, which is poltergeist activity or RSPK? So those are things that as an investigator, we investigate, but as a hunter, we, or several other people most likely are there to go find out if a legend of, you know, the lady in white is true or the goat man on goat man bridge is, you know, mm-hmm. legit. Mm-hmm. Is there anything wrong with it? I don't think so. I don't, I mean, you could be either or it's what, mm-hmm. it's what you want to do. I like the way that you broke it down though, because to me, that makes the most sense to explain it that, you know, there's the legends of this apparition or this story or the folklore that's there at that location and there's people who hunt after that, you know, kind of like the cryptids kind of stuff or, yes. you, you know, the, the ghost of the gray lady and everyone's looking for that. I would consider that, yes, you're hunting for that specific thing, but you're right. Paranormal investigators, much like when you have a psychic investigator, mm-hmm. typically what we try to do is prove or disprove what people are saying is going on at that said location. So when I go into a situation and everyone's like, are you getting anything? Are you sensing anything? I'm going to be honest and say yes or no. And usually a lot of the time it's no. Most of the time there's nothing there. 
it's and they just, want you to say yes a lot of those times. <laughs> and it kind of goes back to like those auditions too. It's like they really want you to push something that doesn't exist because it'd be good for TV or good on camera. And it's like, I think quality over quantity always. And I'd rather have a real experience with people than try to force something that isn't genuine. So a hundred percent. That's why yeah. I love working with you <laughs> because you I would much rather be an investigator than a hunter of like, yeah, the Goatman bridge or even Waverly Hills. I went there. Um, Lizzie Borden was the best example. You know, I went into it with, I went into that situation with the, the belief that nothing was going to happen. And I think because I had that level of disbelief, that's why I experienced quite a few things. And we got, um, we got some really crazy evidence. Um, we got some EVP recordings. Um, and there's even a photo of the group of us were in the basement and there's a window mm. in the basement and you can see a face in that window from outside looking oh in. Oh my God. You're not the only one that captures something like that. It's creepy. Yeah. It is very creepy. And you said EVPs. That is a wonderful place to collect EVPs, mm -hmm. by the way. But the thing that I got as a, as a psychic or a medium was that Lizzie and her sister were being abused and this was a revenge murder. This wasn't just a psychotic break. This was stop abusing me. I'm going to kill you. And it happened. So, mm -hmm. um, and now later, you know, this was like when I was 20, 21 years old and now, you know, I'm fucking 35. Um, you find more of this evidence about that being a possible possibility in the yeah. story. You know, this is why this was covered up. It was the shame of that family. So I find that really interesting. But again, that's investigation. That's going through uh, newsreels and reports and data and comparing and contrasting to what you get from your equipment or what you get from your investigators or what people are picking up on. Um, exactly. That's what I learned in the Rhine Institute with under Dr. Lloyd Auerbach. You have to be a detective mm -hmm. and um, you brought up equipment. A lot of times I've noticed ghost hunters or even paranormal investigators who are green. And I will say myself included, when I mm -hmm. first started, I would see, okay, on television, these are all the equipment things that I need to use. And then I go into an investigation. I don't know how to use it. And yep. it's true. You got to ask yourself, how do you use this device? Where's this device grabbing the data or data and where's this data coming from? Mm -hmm. So those are questions that all of us have to ask ourselves before we spend or drop 800 plus dollars on a little piece yeah. of equipment. Um, we always have to ask ourselves those, those questions. So those are, those are other things too, that we have to educate ourselves on. Definitely. So speaking of investigations, we'll go back to question two. Um, do you have a favorite investigation that you've ever done and why? Absolutely. The Los Angeles Police Museum has to be one of my favorite investigations. I'd done it recently, almost a year ago. I was supposed to go back a couple of months ago, back in October, with another group, um, with Tanya, who um, is a Santera priestess. And I wanted her to go in and get her take on it. Eventually, hopefully, I'll grab you to come with me. But it is one of the most interesting places because the Los Angeles Police Museum is a police museum that was an active police department way back in the day in Highland Park. Yeah. And they converted into a museum, a really well curated museum where they have, I kid you not, case files of every single famous crime that's occurred in Hollywood. Everything wow. from the Black Dahlia 
to Marilyn Monroe. They even had the clothes of Robert. I think it was Robert Kennedy who was shot here in Los Angeles. They have his clothes. They even have a, um, a separate, um, a separate like uh, room upstairs of the North Hollywood police shootout that involved the two robbers, Larry Young and Emil Matu Serranu. They have their clothes, their guns, their gloves, everything. And they even have a display of the Patty Hearst shootout. That All carries so much residual energy. Oh my, even the Manson murders. Oh my God. Everything. They have objects that belong to Sharon Tate. Um, to so it's almost people. like the it's almost like sorry to interrupt you it's almost like no. the museum of death in a way it's like there's a lot kind of, of yeah <laughs> I mean they even have a Richard Ramirez display case of no things that belong to him the officer and head president of the board Bob he was one of the officers that arrested Richard first when they caught him and um, Brentwood and because they caught him in Brentwood would be the salvation of how they captured and proved that he was the one that was committing all these crimes because of that, those fingerprints that were collected on that night when he was first arrested and then released. Um, But my whole view on the place was, okay, it's haunted, but is it, it just kind of the narrative kind of change. Is it the place that is haunted or is it the objects Mm. that hold this energy that is creating the, the the energy in that environment but there are mm-hmm. a lot of things that were occurring that i couldn't explain there were footsteps that were being heard while we were downstairs um investigating and no one was upstairs i was doing an evp section in the new um in the north hollywood shootout and out of nowhere the television in the next room just turned on by itself mm-hmm. there were i mean unusual voices that we were collecting it was a very active night <laughs> and it's a very unique and very um, palpable place. Did you leave with a feeling of, did you feel safe entering and leaving or did you feel like you needed to do anything after you were there to kind of reset or cleanse yourself? Uh, I felt safe going in because I had a really good team and mm-hmm. I go in there with a lot of respect to um, for the living and the dead. And I always come out of every investigation with the mentality, like nothing's going to follow me home. Nothing that doesn't belong to me is going to attach itself to me. I personally like to go home and light a candle and say a prayer for my ancestors and my spirit guides. I'm like, Hey, just Mm -hmm. protect me, protect my house, protect my husband, my dog. And that's it. You know, that's Mm -hmm. all I do is keep it simple. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. That's actually, you know, that was the other question too, is how do you stay safe if there is anything harmful or if there's a negative spirit or harmful presence? And I mean, you pretty much answered it. I think my favorite thing I've heard you say too was on your podcast when I was on there and you said, no me tokens. <laughs> no me tokens. <laughs> no me so is, me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, um, you and- mentioned it too. Like if you walk in there with that in mind, like, oh, something's going to follow me home. Oh then God, you're already yeah. setting that. You said that you're already setting that intention. And that and is you so are. true. You <laughs> allow yourself to be susceptible and vulnerable in many ways because you enter with fear. Yeah, I've noticed too that, and this isn't in the questions, but it made me think of this. Whenever there's, whenever you're in an investigation, um, I don't know if this has happened for you, but I know for myself, if there's a moment where we start laughing or somebody plays music or like an old clip from a movie or the voice of somebody that was supposed to be a ghost there, it really does something to the energy of the atmosphere. 
have you ever had that happen before where like all of a sudden it goes from being dead and quiet and no activity, no evidence, no data. And then like somebody makes a joke and then everybody laughs and the energy completely changes and it turns into all this activity all of a sudden. Have you ever had that happen? Yes. At David Oman's house, we would play um, the doors. We would play music in that timer mm. and things would happen. Um, when you're sitting in a room and nothing's happening, um, I remember this investigator and I, this is so funny. We were like, how do you bake good cookies? How do you bake a good chocolate chip? And we were like, and I kid you not, we were talking about how to prep the dough, what you need to get the soft center. Mm -hmm. And we collected an EVP, I kid you not, of someone saying, don't use too much butter or something like that. It was a long time and we caught it. And it was so astonishing. And it was so clear. Everything that we were trying to collect in that room, we didn't get anything until we started talking about how to bake cookies. That is so funny. That <laughs> is so nice. funny. And we collected this EVP. But yeah, I mean, anything to stir up the energies in the environment, whether you dance, release that energy, uh, play music, make noise. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like um, I remember I did a schoolhouse in Maumee, Ohio. It had been a hot, well, it was an all boys school. Then it was a mixed crowd and then it turned into a um tuberculosis ward and then a dentist bought it in the 50s so it went through a lot of changes um but now it's a historical museum and i remember standing at the blackboard of one of the classrooms and they brought back the original board that was there you know how it's like that weird green color oh it yeah was one of those with the wood oh, and no. so they brought it back to that same room that used to be the kids classroom and I took the chalk and I was writing on it because they told us we could. We could do whatever we wanted. Did you I will not do witchcraft in class. I, I thought about <laughs> something like that. But instead, I was writing like math, like one plus one is blah, blah, blah. And I was like, does anyone know the answer to this? And we heard the little pitter patter of feet go down the hallway. Oh, my God. It's one of the creepiest things I've ever experienced. And it was the most palpable. All of us said, did you hear that? And it was just... It's so creepy. It was just like, ugh. And of course, no EVP was recorded then. Of Damn course. Like, <laughs> you got that interaction. That was but so we cool. all had it. It was a collective yeah. experience. Yeah, so, it was collective. You had more than one person. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely you know when you're when you're trying to investigate uh any environment, you know, if if you know or get a name or if you're familiar with who that person might have been, talk to them as if they're still here like you and I talking, you know, that's what I always tell people. I'm like, you don't have to be a witch or a psychic or a professional to know how to communicate with those who have passed. You just talk to them as if they're there with you, you know, yes, don't and, if they, <laughs> and if they want to respond, they'll respond, they you know, will. but most of the time they don't. And most of the time it's like minimal shit. It's got, it's got to be something that makes them want to engage or they have to build up that energy. But it's also like, I'm glad that I don't see us running around in dark tunnels going, hey, fuck face. I know, wearing shirts. Come and fight me. <laughs> Watch oh me, God. do it, do it. Come on, I dare you. Yeah, you know. Um, so this brings us to one of our last parts, our last questions. Because um, we did talk about technology and stuff, but I just, we don't need to talk about it. Um, do you know any holiday-related ghost stories or tales that kind of seem to come back every year? Do they have like this, they seem to happen? Or is there like a location that has that? Oh, not to my knowledge. Um, I mean, we always know, we always know about a Christmas Carol. 
I believe mm-hmm. there is a rumor about the spirit of Anne Boleyn being seen at a specific castle. I think it's Hever. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Hever Castle, um, somewhere in England. And you can find this information in a book called Wolf Hall, I believe. Okay. Um, but that is the only one I could think of as, uh, you know, as far as when it comes to Christmas tales of uh, residual hauntings and stuff. Mm-hmm. In terms yeah. of holidays, not not much. Yeah, you know, I you know, I I don't really have anything either because the only thing that I know of is you know all the three ghosts that visited Ebenezer Scrooge in eighteen forty three. So it's mm-hmm. like, uh, but those are fictional, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, I think this time of the year, and much like what you've talked about on some of the things that you've created, we do have a lot of ghosts from the past and things that we chase after. Um, that are recurring themes every year. And one of the ones that I've noticed not to get heavy and political, but it's like this time of the year has really changed as far as its scope and focus of being a time of mirth and cheer and coming together. And now it's just capitalism, 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 you know? And I wonder, I sometimes wonder if those who have passed seeing how the living are operating and maintaining the world, if they're just like, as the euphemism is rolling in their grave, <laughs> you know, like maybe that's why they don't visit us so much around Christmas time anymore. Cause they're oh, like, 100%. these guys are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend that did an investigation somewhere and they were wearing masks. And mm-hmm. I think, um, I think it was the, the psychic that was with them and there. And she was saying, Oh, they want to know why we're wearing masks. Like what's going on with our masks. Like, why are we, why do we have these face coverings? And they had to sit there, like you mentioned before, and have a conversation with these entities from, I guess it was like, oh my God, from the 17th or 18th century Mm. and explain to them what happened, you know, why we have to wear these masks. And, you know, the psychic was like, yeah, they're just very confused. They're very shocked that, you know, we're still fighting disease to this day, you know, in this day and age, we're still fighting against disease and um i think it even got to the point where they were like yeah people don't want to help each other they don't want to wear a mask they don't want to they want to fight they just don't want to find a solution so mm-hmm. it was really interesting to hear that interaction and what they collected from that in the investigation but i'm sure that all of them are rolling in their graves like we're so far ahead in this day and age with science and medicine and we still can't help each other out yeah we're very why did the light just go out Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like what just happened? <laughs> what just happened? I'm at work right now. I'm on break, and the lights just went out. Yeah, so you well, can't it see it. Those, windy. those of it, you that are here or listening, you can't see, but I can see Tammy's on camera, and her lights just went out around it her. Just <laughs> and then, oh my god, as we're talking about ghosts, how about ghosts? What a coincidence, but so, it. But it is storming and it has been very windy. I work at a Playa Vista and coming in, it was a lot of severe wind. There was a lot of wind here too. I'm in um, Pasadena area. So it's like rain and wind, rain and wind. Um, Yeah. But those, the ghosts of the past, man, you know, during 2020, we did a show at the um, Cosmopolitan. And it just, I think about that show when people talk about how we're not learning things and how things aren't changing and how we're all fighting with each other. And I think that's why my motto for life for almost the whole decade, this last decade has been just try not to be a piece of shit, you know, try to be a good person, 
And especially when this time of the year rolls around, you know, living or deceased, I think it's good to just be kind and acknowledge that we all have stories within us and we all have things that you don't know what's going on with everybody around you. So just try to be a good person, you know? Absolutely. Yes. Um, well, now that you're in a creepier environment, did you, <laughs> do you have a, um, I'm, I have my cards out and I'm kind of shuffling through them. I'm, I'm doing this now for every guest at the end. Is there any question that comes to mind or anything that you want to know? And I'll pull a card for you and see what pops up. If not, we'll just see what you need to see. Okay. Um, What's in store for me next year? Next year. So, year. For, yeah. so for 2022, what is in store or what is the area of focus that mm -hmm. you need to have for 2022? Okay. And then for those of you listening, I do numerology and I haven't written my full numerology report of 2022, but here's a little teaser. 2022 is going to be about our relationship to ourself our relationship to the world around us and our relationships to our intimate and close friends and family. Yes. Because all of the twos in 2022 represent mm. partnership, companionship, and the duality of self. And then the zero in 2022 represents rebirth, change, or chaos. So a lot of our perspective about all those relationships is either going to shift or change, become better or become worse. And it's all by our choosing. Um, because two is also the person that allows two is a number of, I'm going to allow this connection to exist. I'm going to permit myself to be in this, uh, situation or friendship or partnership. So keep that in mind that will affect all of us. But when you add 2022 together as a single digit number, it equals six, which is the number of harmony, balance, and unity, and also psychic perception because of the number six, but so we're going into a really interesting year in 2022, but let's see what you get specifically with this one card. I think we're here. Let's see what we got. Okay. So I'm using these cards. They're, um, they're the archetypes made by the wild unknown. Um, and the card that you got is interesting you got gnosis g-n-o-s-i-s and i'm in the habit now of just like reading what it says because it's fun to just read it but i'll show you the card i know everybody else can can't see, see it. it i love your cards Ooh, look at look at the colors isn't that There's cool bird. yeah mm -hmm. those are really cool okay so here's what gnosis is and you asked what do i need to know about 2022 or what's the year going to be like Gnosis is innermost knowing and mystic truth. The true knowledge is not found in facts and figures in scholarly books on library shelves. Rather, Gnosis points to the deep and timeless archetypal wisdom that rises from the felt experience of having touched the unknown with every one of the senses. I really feel like this relates to you because of what you do mm -hmm. with the paranormal and everything. Those who are drawn to Gnosis find themselves... <laughs> in esoteric studies involving mysticism, alchemy, healing, or perhaps the sciences. Knowing is their calling, like an investigator. Mm -hmm. Not knowing is their job description. No matter how far the alchemist takes their studies, they come to the ultimate conclusion that facts 
always slip toward mystery and soon mystery results in facts. This card signifies a knowing that is life changing. Once you experience it, you are forever changed and become a guardian of Gnosis. The eternal mystery is calling you. So study your passions in the deepest way available to you. Wow. So this says that, you know, what you're going towards is contemplating the mysteries and, and answering the unanswerable questions. So that's kind of where you're headed in 2022 is learning more about what already piques your interest, what you have passion about being that investigator, you know, that's a really big clue into what it will be. Um, and then there's this quote here. It says, those who say they know don't. And those who say they don't know, no. I always tell people that when they ask me, you know, you know, what could that be? Or what is a ghost? Or what is that haunting all about? It's like, all in all, we don't know. We don't yeah, know. we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Really I mean, we have, we have a basic <laughs> little bit of a gist, but it changes. There's so many things that change. It, mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's um, so true. And if someone tells you that they know, it's like they're bullshitting you. They really mm -hmm. are. So for the last part, I always go over... Um, you know, that reading that card, I think that that does that answer your question? Does that make oh, sense? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> now moving past from that, I, I'm going to ask you, um, first and foremost, thank you for being here and for the chat. Um, but what are three people, places or things that you are grateful for? Definitely grateful for my friends, first and foremost, such as you guys, you and all of our listeners, all of, you know, the people that my husband and I have been friends with for many, many years that we've supported each other, especially throughout this pandemic. And also I'm grateful for my family. I know that this past year we've lost a lot of loved ones. I've lost um, a couple because of the pandemic, but I'm just really thankful that I have my parents, that they're healthy, that they're still, you know, trucking along, along with my sisters and my other siblings. I'm very grateful for that. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, I guess my stability, you know, it's, I've been very, I hate saying the word blessed, but I just feel very blessed that I've had so many opportunities and, um, options on my plate. I've worked so hard and, you know, I just, I'm very grateful for what the universe has given me or has hit me upside the head with <laughs> that. I finally have come to the conclusion that I need to like pursue and recognize. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that I'm very, very, very thankful for. Well, I'm grateful that you were able to share those and that they came so easily to you. I know it's, it's weird when people struggle to say things that they're grateful for, but I'll also add, I'm grateful that we both have our health, yes. um, that we are both able to do things creatively that we enjoy. Yeah. And that we continue to find healthy, solid connections in the work that we do with Absolutely. the people that we're meant to work with. Yeah. So uh, the last thing I want people to know is, is there anything that you're working on right now that we need to be aware of? And where do we find you? And how do we tap into what you got going on? Well, eventually tap on to FX. I believe you could find FX.com and their upcoming Christmas special. I will be the paranormal investigator that will be interviewing. <laughs> You'll find out more information and when I find out, I'm posted on my social media. So you can find me at Hollywood Paranormal 
on um, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Hollywood Paranormal or on Insta- no, on Twitter at HWP Podcast. Mm-hmm. You can learn a little more about myself and Bryce Mitchell Williams, my co-host, on our website, HollywoodParanormal.com. You can also read a little tidbit about myself and upcoming projects on my paranormal. Net, I believe that's what it is, but you can also find them on Instagram at my paranormal network. I love that. Mm-hmm. It's really, yeah, I'm excited for all the things you have going on. Is it just you or is Bryce going to be on the FX thing too? Um, it was just me um, since they needed an investigator and I, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of, promoted me as the paranormal investigator. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it'll just be my, me, myself, and I dressed in oh black as they wanted me. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, if, funny. if I ever get, if I ever end up going through an audition where I'm not annoyed and irritated and I finally say, sure, yeah, I'll do this. You, I'll, I'll, I'll send it your way when I'm like, Hey, they need a paranormal investigator and a psychic. So. <laughs> send it to me. <laughs> Make sure everything's in writing. <laughs> Everything. Oh my God. Yeah. That was a learning process for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, again, at least we're not running around in the dark screaming and cussing at ghosts, you know? Right. At least that's not us. So, Our supposed demons. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Tammy. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat and just go over these questions and just fill everybody in on the etiquette and protocol, but also just how to be a good paranormal investigator. Um, Absolutely. 100%. And I'm excited for all the things that you have on the horizon in 2022. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. And I'm so grateful that you're still with us and that you're my bud. (laughs) Yes, me too. I'm so grateful for that. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. And um, I'm not sure when or what time this is going to post, but it'll be either Sunday or Monday and you'll know the date whenever it's there. And that's how it goes. But I'm Zachary the Witch. Thank you for tuning into Around the Cauldron and we'll see you next time. (laughs) 